After years of helping online businesses make more money by advising them on their taxes and finances, I've now made it my mission to reach as many profitable online businesses as possible to help them save on their taxes and make more money. On my quest, I bring you proven and real profitable online business owners, and we dig into how they do it. All right. Hello again. Thanks for being here on the Few the Proud, the Profitable. This is the podcast where we talk exclusively to six and seven figure online business owners. We know that in this space, there's a lot of people who fabricate, who exaggerate, who inflate what they're doing. So what we do here is we take the guesswork out of it for you. We only talk to people that we've personally vetted and we know that are legit and making money online. We got one of those today. Brendan Kane, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're excited. This will be a lot of fun. So first thing we usually ask people is for the listeners who don't know who you are, just tell us who you are. Tell us what it is you do. So I've been in the digital space for about 15 years, and my background is pretty diverse in the fact that I've touched almost every aspect of it over the years because I'm very much an experiential learner, and I love to figure out how things work. So I started off in the entertainment industry, managing digital divisions for two movie studios, overseeing the the digital marketing strategy of films ranging from 15 to $100 million budgets, which also afforded me the opportunity to work directly with actors and directors and producers and how to further syndicate their brand online. And then from there, I just knew I was more cut out for being an entrepreneur. So I, I left and started building technology platforms and licensing them back to big media companies. So I built... Okay one of the first ever influencer advertising platforms on top of MySpace. I built a website building application and I was licensing these platforms to the likes of a Viacom, a Yahoo, a Vice, Paramount, MTV. And it was the MTV partnership that opened up the doors to work with big celebrities and musicians um, where I did projects for a Taylor Swift or a Rihanna or a Michael Strahan. And then from there, I got heavily involved in the paid media space and help build one of the largest social paid optimization firms where, where we were optimizing spend uh, for Fortune 100 and 500 companies on top of Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. And just saw a lot of the inefficiencies there in terms of how they were approaching creating content and spending a ton of money producing it, but also spending a ton of money promoting that content without yeah. knowing whether or not it was gonna work. So I knew that there had to be a better way of going about it so I left and just started building my own set of testing methodologies and processes on top of Facebook and Instagram to really test content at scale and learn what content formats, themes, and structures really work to generate the intended response from the audience that you were going after. Uh, so I did that for about three years and had a lot of success going back and working with brands and corporations and then started applying it to athletes and journalists and celebrities and then decided to do this case study on myself of seeing if I could take all of the experience I've had over the past 15 years and these new methodologies that I had produced uh, to somebody who's starting from scratch, starting from zero, because it's great that you do it for a big celebrity or corporation, but everybody asks is like, can it apply to me? Right. And, and that's where I did the case study on myself of generating a million followers in hundred countries in 30 days. And that was the inspiration for the book that I recently published and, and now I've been speaking around the world on that topic and teaching people, inspiring people to take action. Uh, and still today I do you know, consulting and high level advisory work for select clients. 
Yeah. Well, and it's cool your your background, the not only the differentiation, the different skill sets you've built and different platforms that you've worked on, but also the length of time you've been doing it. Because 15 years in the digital space. Yeah, I was in there very early. Very yeah, that, I mean, I remember again, like I, I had the first tech platform. It wasn't really the first tech platform. I think it was the first real tech platform I built was monetizing consumer to consumer interaction on MySpace. Right. And I didn't realize at the time it was influencer marketing uh, because there was no such thing as influencer marketing at that, at that time. Right. So I've seen it. I did the first ever influencer campaign on YouTube back in 2006. Uh, again, before there was even a term called influencer. So I've seen, uh, you know, this, um, this evolution of the space and been around it for, for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's cool when you've had the experience to do that because one of my buddies who's pretty high level marketer, he'll talk about when you're choosing somebody or who I really trust, it's not the guy necessarily who's killing it today or who's been killing it for the last year. I want the dude who's been doing it for the past decade and has been able to adapt to all the changes and show that he's able to survive when things adjust. Because well, it's the biggest like- thing. It's the only way to be successful. And it's still today is we're learning so much. And I think one of the, the, the important lessons that I've learned of being an entrepreneur and getting better at it is when you hit those roadblocks and obstacles, it, it doesn't hurt as much. You kind of just yeah. see, okay, now it's just another thing that I've got to figure out. It's not fun by any means to right. fail or for something not to work, but it's a part of the process. And that really what separates the people that are successful in this space versus the people that aren't over the long term. Mm-hmm. Well, well, anyone's able to learn some hack or some process and able to implement it, hopefully with success for a while. But the space changes so fast that if all you have is this one little trick, you've got this one rabbit you can pull out of your hat, when the platforms inevitably change or consumer behavior changes, if that's all you've got and you don't have that adaptability, those are the people who seem to crash and burn within a matter of, they might last six months, they might last a year or two or three, but like you said, they're not going to be around forever. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome, man. So second question that we ask everybody is because there are so many pretenders in the space and so many people who don't have truly profitable businesses, what's the best thing about having a profitable online business from your perspective? Well, I would say I'm, I'm in a growth phase right now. So is the business profitable? Yes. But a lot of the revenue that's coming in is going right back and reinvesting yeah. into the business. And to me, that is stressful, but it's exciting at the same time mm-hmm. because I love creating. Like a lot of people think about retirement, talk about retirement. I don't know if I'm ever going to be that person that retires. I think I'm always yeah. going to be doing something. And I just love creating things and I love self-funding things. I've raised money in the past and I don't like doing it. I like self-funding and having the ability to control that and not have to be beholden to any investor or feel that I am putting unnecessary pressure on myself to make something work that may not work. And it gives Mm -hmm. you the ability to pivot much faster. So for me, looking at, you know, high income, high revenue and profitability, I think it gives me more flexibility to continue to grow 
continue yep. to learn and and build something bigger. Yeah, absolutely. Because sure, you're by choice in the short term decreasing your profitability by reinvesting that money, but that's predicated on the idea that the business is successful and profitable to begin with. If if you weren't making that money, then you don't have the ability to to create these more interesting, expansive, influential moves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, listen, I, you you can never project out a hundred percent whether an investment is going to pay off. Yeah. And it's, you know, and, and sometimes I ask myself is like, why should I be looking at this differently? Should I just be taking this money and investing it someplace else that has a guaranteed return or close to a guaranteed return? But to me, then I'd be like, well, what am I going to do? I'd want to just right. build something else and I would get bored. So, you know, it's, it's kind of this challenge that I play in my head all the time. Is it like, am I making the right decision? And, you know, in terms of how much money I'm investing uh, into building what I want to build. And uh, it comes up a few times a week, but I just yeah. go back to the same principles uh, and just keep pushing forward. Well, yeah, and it goes to what you said, one of wanting to make something impactful, but also just getting bored. Because I think that's the good and the bad of most of us as entrepreneurs is that we're not easily contented and we're not contented for the long term. We get bored super easily and we want to move on to the next thing, create the next thing. So yeah, you could you could throw that money in the stock market, get a nice guaranteed rate of return, but that's not particularly fun and it's not um it's not as fulfilling as doing what you're doing and using that money to create something new exactly all right perfect buddy so third question we asked and this goes a little bit to what we were just talking about with the reinvestment but one of the things we deal with a lot in our tax practice and what we hear can be a real issue for a lot of online business owners is cash flow that managing that can be a real struggle so how have you managed to do that successfully? Just bring in more cash. Yeah. That's, that is the, uh, that is, you know, it's interesting because that is what I've realized that I am best at. And that's what I'm focusing on in my sex, my second book and the, the direction I'm taking my career is I know how to create a compelling hook point to bring people in mm -hmm and not sell them, but inspire them to take action. And typically that inspiration correlates to them wanting to hire me. Now yeah. in the future, I don't, that's not the business I want to be in. I don't want to be an agency. I don't want to be a consultant. I want to teach and all of that. But to your point, like the way I manage cash flow is I just go and make more money. If I need more money to invest in something, I find a way to go out and you know, either justify higher rates, get bigger clients, mm -hmm. close bigger deals. I, I don't know if that's really helpful to people. I mean, the second <laughs> book I have, I'm teaching people how to do that specifically, but that's the way that I approach it. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the, it's one of the harder skills to master and some entrepreneurs are great salespeople, some are not, but we'll even talk about in our practice because so much of what we're focusing on is on the back end. We're talking about tax efficiencies, good planning, cutting fat where you need to, timing your expenditures, all this stuff that can be really beneficial to you. But even we'll say that's not, not planning that stuff properly is not what's going to sink your business. 
what the biggest thing that's going to differentiate the, the businesses who are doing well and the ones who fail is bringing in enough revenue. So if you can develop that skill set, you get better structures, you hire the right people to get that money in for you. If you can get more revenue in, that makes it so much simpler and so much easier than trying to cut fat on, on the back end of things. It, it's Absolutely. Just, and it's, I don't want to make it sound easy. I mean, I've got 15 years of practice of doing this. Right. And I'm learning a new way of doing this, of just generating income just purely off of cold traffic online. And I'm about a year into that process and I'm learning quickly, but it's, it's really a skill set that you have to develop. It's not mm-hmm. that one of the first time I did it, I was good at it. Uh, you just, you just learn the principles and, and practice it. And you'll eventually, if you understand how to kind of go about it. And I think there's so much misinformation out in the world of how you sell and, and close yeah. clients and deals. Uh, and I've just found a way that has really worked for me and, you know, for other people that I advise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being able to do that, I think, especially or at any stage in the business, I think it's super important, but especially early on, you have to make that a priority. And I think a lot of people don't want to do that because selling is not what most of us are good at. We're good at the service we're going to provide is what we're usually good at. So we want to focus on providing the service, but none of that matters if you don't develop the skills to be able to get people to buy from you. 100%. And even if your service is really good or you have the best product or whatever it may be, typically the people that win are the best marketers and the best that articulate Mm -hmm. it. So, and to your point before the call started of you talking about these people that mislead how much money they make or whatever, a lot of those people are just really slick salesmen and Mm -hmm. they just know how to position stuff. And I think that for somebody that struggles, I think that there's something to be learned from those people. Obviously you don't want to misrepresent who you are and what you're about, but always, always just kind of learn of who's doing it well, who's marketing well, who's positioning themselves well, because you, we see it all the time is I was talking to one of the top branding experts in the world this morning. And just because you have a great product or service doesn't mean you're going to win. Right. Well, I've, there are so many people where I've seen them. They're great at what they're selling but they they can't sell it. So they're struggling. They're not able to charge the right rates for what they're doing. They're just barely scraping by. And then there are these people who are great salesmen, great at branding. And they're, some of them are shysters, but they are able to get people to buy. I've, I've been tricked and I've bought from them because they're able to, in such a compelling way, present what they're doing. So like you said, we don't want to be to where it's dishonest and a misrepresentation, but if you're able to really focus on that front end and your branding and the way you're presenting yourselves and your everything related to the sales process, then those are the guys that are going to win every time. Yeah, I built a career off of you know, packaging information in a unique and different way that captures people's attention. The stuff that I do is it's I didn't invent it. I just found a better way to do it and a better way to package it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think that there's a big need in the marketplace and kind of the area that I'm going to be focusing on next is is helping people in that capacity. Because the interesting thing is the smarter that somebody is, oftentimes you will find the harder it is for them to articulate what they do in a succinct way mm-hmm. that requires a customer to take action. 
Yeah. Well, it's kind of like politicians where successful politicians are able to, they're not always the smartest people, but they're able to distill information into a little mantra or catchphrase that then people start to believe them. It's not necessarily that they have better policy or smarter, but the people who are really, really knowledgeable about certain things will over articulate or don't, don't know how to distill it into a way that conveys um, confidence in the people who are listening. Absolutely. I mean, I was having a conversation with my father because he has experience in politics. I have no experience in politics and I don't, I, I pay very little attention Science. to it, but I asked, my father is like, well, why are there so many bad candidates and, you know, people that are, that don't come off intelligent and when there's so many intelligent people in this country. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's simply, it's because they have the ability to raise finances. They have the, the ability to raise the donations and the money from the different parties. And that's who, you know, ultimately runs for president and is successful in the outcome is because they know how to play that game. Mm-hmm. Well, and th- I might be going off track here, but I'm, I'm interested in your answer on this. It seems like when you're talking about people who are more intelligent, having a harder time actually conveying their message, do you think there's any correlation? Because what I'll find sometimes is that when people are smart and think they're smart, they're less inclined sometimes to hire the experts that they should. They're, they're less inclined to hire someone like you who would be able to help them in this area that they're not as... Um, that they're they're smart people, but they're not good in your world. I would say that the very smart and successful people do do that. They recognize yeah. that. You hear Richard Branson talk about it all the time. That he he just hires the smartest people around them and lets them do their job. Steve Jobs was another person that understood what he was strong at, what he was weak at, and would surround himself with those mm-hmm. people. So I think the the people that have a tremendous amount of success are surrounding themselves and listening to other people uh, because they know that that's really, really the will to, to be successful. Now, that's not to say that there's a lot of smart people out there that aren't successful and that may be one of the core principles or reasons why they're not successful. Now, I will say that I think that the reason smart people, like really smart people, have trouble articulating what they do in a succinct way is because they are so brilliant that they do not have to dumb it down for themselves. Right. They don't know how to have to, because their mind just works in a different way. And that's what makes them so smart. Mm-hmm. For me, I am not the smartest guy in the room. I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not a mathematician. I didn't go to Harvard. I couldn't work for NASA because uh, that's not, I don't pick things up so quickly, but what I am a master at is really understanding a very complex problem and it takes me oftentimes a lot longer to figure it out but once i understand it i have to distill it in my head in very simple and easy to understand way so that i can wrap my head around and once i'm able to wrap my head around it that gives me the ability to articulate it in a way to other people that makes sense to them and inspires them to take action so that's kind of what I've spent my career doing is figuring out complex problems and distilling them down into their simplest form so I could execute on it. And then once I know how to execute on it, I know how to scale it. And that's mm-hmm. why I you know, operate at a world-class level is I can take things that have been talked about before, but figure out better ways of doing it or better ways of scaling it. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good point because 
I bet you in any discipline, if you look at engineering, medicine, physics, different, different sciences, the people that most of us know and who might regard as brilliant in their fields, among their peers, they might not be considered the best physicist in the world, but they're able to take these super complex theoretical things and distill them into this way to where the general public is able to understand them, the concept versus the world's smartest physicist in the world. There's a really good chance that he's so smart and thinks so differently that there's no way for him to, to dumb that information down into a way that I would be able to understand or even begin to understand. Absolutely. You see that it goes examples all the time. You like, you talk about physicists, you talk about Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's using, mm-hmm in science and space and all of that. And it's not that he's the most intelligent person. He's definitely intelligent, but he's not the most intelligent in those space, but he, he is world-class at being able to deliver that information right. in an engaging way and entertaining way. And that's what sets him apart with everybody else. Yeah. There, there could be f- physicists and scientists who blow him out of the water in those specific disciplines, but none of us know their names. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome, Bo. All right, so cool. Fourth question that we ask everyone is, in a couple of minutes, just give us a tip that you think that every online business owner should know. So it's the next topic of my book, and we've kind of talked about it a little bit. It's, so the next book's called Hook Point, How to Stand Out in a Three-Second World. And the reality of the situation- I like that. The reality of the situation is, is we live in a three-second world. We live in a world where there's 60 billion messages sent on digital platforms each day. You need to find a way to stand out and overcome all that noise because we're getting hit from every different direction, whether that's text messages, push notifications, emails, all of that. And if you want to succeed in this climate and in this world that we live in, you have to be able to first capture somebody's attention in that first three seconds to even get to them to listen to you for 20 seconds or 30 Mm -hmm. seconds, 60 seconds. People just don't really understand that. They feel like, oh, just because I'm talking to somebody online or through an email or even in person that you're, they're just going to listen to you for 30 minutes of why you're good at what you're good, good at. And that's like generating a million followers in 30 days. It wasn't a matter of if it was a matter of doing it because I knew it was a compelling hook point. I knew it was, that was the only reason I did it is, is because I knew I could have a larger conversation with people mm-hmm. about how to be successful online. But if you think about all the other people online that talk about that they're a social media expert, a social media manager, that they can help people grow quick, there's so much clutter, there's so much noise out there in the marketplace that I knew that I needed to change the dynamic of that conversation. And that's the reason I did a million followers in 30 days is to draw people into that. And it's been very successful. And that's the way that I work with most clients is how do we differentiate ourselves in the marketplace, especially in the field that you're in. There's so much competition. There's so much noise out there mm-hmm. and pretty much any business is that way is like, what makes you different? What makes you stand out? What is going to make somebody pay attention if they're just swiping up in their feed and just that end, the endless scroll, what's going to make them stop and be like, Hey, I need to listen to this person for another 20 seconds, another 30 seconds and just build that attention over time. Right. Well, and I like the way you said it, you phrased this noise, because I don't know, you could speak to this better than I could. I don't know if it's been the past five years or 10 years, but it used to be, especially online, that if you were just making noise, you would win. 
because there wasn't nearly the clutter that there is now to where just by being visible, just by creating your videos, going live on Facebook, posting a lot, your chance of, you had a decent chance of victory just by doing that at all. Now, as the space has matured so much more and it's gotten so much more cluttered, it's interesting seeing people who are just sort of banging their head against the pavement to where they're posting all the time and they're going nuts with making noise, but they're, they're not doing anything that breaks through the, the rest of the noise that's around. And I think that that's a misconception is that people often say that you have to be posting multiple times a day to be successful. We actually find the opposite. We find yeah. that we, because you have to train the algorithms to, to know that you put out quality content. And if you're just putting out content for the sake of content and people are engaging with it, you're not going to get reach in the algorithms. So we'll like spend time and only put, put out content when we know that we're either A, going to learn something from it, or we think it's, it's providing tremendous value and it's going to work. I mean, mm -hmm. my social channels right now, I'm putting out one video a week right now. That's it. Uh, and we see success with that model. So I would agree a hundred percent with that. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just an interesting thing. So where I, I'm, I'll have to pick up the book. Is it, is it launched now or are you yeah. launching it? Well, hook point isn't out yet. The 1 million okay. followers is, is out. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be interested to, to read that the second one, especially when, when it comes out. Because it's, it's just such an interesting space, especially as we're seeing people flood the internet marketing space and flood the online business space to where the population is growing all the time. And with that, we're seeing everyone trying really, really hard. But like you said, people, this misconception of how you should address things, so many people seem to be doing it incorrectly or in a, in a way that's very inefficient. Absolutely. And I was talking to somebody that's very well versed in the online marketing space. And we were just talking about kind of the process and the content that I'm putting out. And he mentioned something that I hadn't really thought about, but essentially what I'm doing with the hook point is I'm expanding the market. And I think that where a lot of people struggle is they, they focus so on a, such a small niche uh, audience for their customer base which can work to your advantage sometimes. But if you're in a highly competitive business and you're fighting against a lot of people, you need to find a way to expand that audience beyond mm -hmm. just your core customer base in order for you to scale. Yeah, absolutely. All right, perfect, man. So last question, it's either one of two things, either what's the craziest tactic you've seen to sell something online or what's the craziest thing you've seen sold online? And when you mean crazy, do you mean like crazy, could be, crazy, bad? Could be good, could be bad, but just outlandish or unusual in some ways. Well, I would say crazy good. There's a company called the Harmon Brothers that yeah. they yeah. are amazing at producing viral videos for brands. And mm -hmm. they sold, I think, $100 million worth of products for their customers last year. Uh, so they did like the squatty potty and all these things. Yeah. All those. And I mean, they charge like 500,000 for a video from what I hear. But if you look at their content, they have such a different mm -hmm. uh, voice and different way of communication with people that I think really stands out. And I think it's a good, I'm not saying that every person should take that approach, but I think it's good to learn from 
what they're doing and why they're doing and what's making them successful. I'm a big believer in, in studying human behavior and in psychology. Mm-hmm. And I've been studying under some of the, bo- the best copywriters in the world over the past few months to really understand those psychological principles. And I have a friend, uh, Craig Clemens, who sold over a billion dollars worth of product through copywriting. And, nice. and to me, that is crazy in a good way crazy in a good way of how they really understand human behavior, human potential, what causes people to take specific actions, uh, what, what plays to their desires, what plays to their, their, the core of who they are and what they're about mm-hmm. to get them to, to perform a specific action. I mean, that's what really fascinates me right now. It's what's fascinated me for the past five years and where I'm focusing a lot of my effort is just understanding that at its core because that's really where that growth is and and driving uh, tremendous growth. Yeah. And I think this goes to the marketing that that you do. You mentioned copywriting. Copywriting is one of the the bigger struggles that I have because I've got a relatively successful blog. We've wrote a few books. I feel like I, I say I can convey a message with reasonable proficiency, but the psychology and the science that goes into copywriting it's pretty fascinating to me, the people who have that down to a science and are able to predict the emotion that is going to invoke in a person and then have that tied to getting them to take a specific action. It's very, it's a very valuable skill set and it takes years to master. But that's why I think to me, it's you just learn as much as possible doesn't mean you have to execute on it yourself, but you can hire other people. But the more you know about it, the more educated you are in terms of who you hire to execute on it for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that I think that's true of a lot of things. Where oh, anything, we'll, absolutely right. It, we'll talk about with our stuff. We don't need you to be tax experts or accounting experts, but we want you to generally understand what the principles of what's going on. And I, especially when it comes to sales and marketing, even if you're not going to be the one who's running the campaigns, creating this stuff, if you understand the principles behind what's happening, that's only going to help you win when you're executing other parts of your business and when you're developing your structures and strategies. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Perfect, buddy. Well, thanks so much for being on here. It's been really interesting talking to you. It's been a blast. For everyone who's listening to this or watching this, wants to reach out, what's your website? What's your best best method of contact nowadays? So my website is brendanjkane.com. So that's B-R-E-N-D-A-N-J as in Jack, Kane, K-A-N-E.com. If they want the 1 million followers book, it's all major retailers. It's on Amazon. Or we have a, you know, a free book offer where they can get it for free. They just pay for the shipping if they go to freesocialbook.com. Or they can direct message me on Instagram at Brendan Kane or email me bkane at brendanjkane.com. All right, perfect, man. We'll put all those links in the description. Thanks again for being here. And thanks to everyone who's watching again for being here on the Few the Proud the Profitable, where we only talk to truly successful online businesses. Remember to like this podcast, review, subscribe, and we'll catch y'all next time.